Hey, Crosspoint, uh, we have run into a snag this morning, technology-wise, and we're doing our best to work through it, and it doesn't look like it's something that's going to transfer over. We have a – it may, actually, we're going to – we've got some, some guys. I'll give you the story here in a moment. So we're taking our hard drive over, um, repositioning this computer. But at least for the next few minutes, um, I'm going to just kind of let you know that we are working on this and possibly going to be downloading – are uploading our sermon here in a moment. We have already had worship this morning. We have a modem that has uh, uh, died on us in the worship center, and um, that uh, transpired yesterday on a on a weekend day. And GEUS was not able to get out and have that fixed for us. So we actually pre-recorded the sermon this morning at 9 a.m. Uh, with worship team, with sound crew, with a kind of a skeleton gathering of people, and. Uh, we have our sound guys that are working on uploading that worship time right now. So if that doesn't play out in the next few minutes, then I'm going to go ahead and we're going to go with sort of our live um, sermon feed like we've been doing the last few weeks. So um, just kind of hang tight if you would, if you've logged on and you're kind of, um, um, in a, you know, circling the, the, the airport, just hang on and we'll uh, hopefully have an answer here for you in the next few minutes. We're going to plow on if we're not able to download it in the next few minutes. I can fill this space with some content, not uh, senseless content, but some announcements. So uh, let me grab my notes. We are actually um, making our way back into the worship center. We uh, were in there in a sort of a uh, skeleton crew this morning and uh, had a worship team and the whole deal. So we've got groupings of chairs set up and and dispersed in the worship center to allow for our gathering uh, to keep some social distancing in there. And um, I think it's something that uh, between this Sunday and next Sunday, hopefully we can work out the details uh, to have us ready for June 14th, where uh, all are invited to gather with us. Uh, we won't have childcare at that point, but we will be able to gather corporately and uh, we can gather corporately now, uh, but we're trying to be careful and, and wise in how we're going about that. So uh, one more Sunday after this Sunday, we'll be um, in sort of a uh, thin gathering, uh, working through the details for our gathering on the 14th. Let me just kind of get a check on how this is going.
Looks like we got some folks that are logging on now and connecting. So I just want to give you an update. We actually had worship this morning at 9 a.m. and pre-recorded our worship time. We were in the worship center with a worship team and a, a sound crew, media crew, and a, a small gathering of fam church family members, uh, mostly staff and a couple and an elder and his family and um, another uh, a deacon uh, or a couple of our deacons and their families are who was able to make it a part of their families. And we um, we actually had worship ahead of time because we had a modem uh, die on us. So we're going to have our either have that pre-recorded um, worship time uploaded here in a moment for you, or I'm going to press on with our live feed as we've been doing in the previous weeks. So we're going to make that call here in about five minutes or so. It's a couple minutes after 11, and I'm going to give it about three more minutes, and then we're going to press on with our live feed. Hey folks, I'm glad you're on here. Uh, we are working through some technical difficulties. Uh, it has been um, a crazy weekend with technology. Uh, we had a, a modem die on us in uh, the worship center and uh, we had basically made plans to move our worship into the worship center as of today. And uh, we actually did that. We pre-recorded our time together. We met at 9 a.m. and finished up about 10, 15. Uh, plenty of time for us to upload the message and the the upload has uh, we've hit a snag on the upload. So uh, I think um, at this point, I'm going to go ahead and press on with um, basically what we've been doing the last few weeks. And uh, the sermon is uh, the same. And um, I'm, I'm recognizing that, too, that some of you are gathered in life groups and that you gathered around, uh, hopefully um, wanting to hear a message. And some of you are gathered in homes ready to hear a message. So. Um, if we are able to upload that later this week, uh, our time together, if we had worship and song, uh, then, then we'll plan on doing that. Um, so um, if if that uh, if that doesn't work, then we'll have this. The, the main thing, I think the most important thing is we want to make sure that, that you are getting the nourishment of the word each week. So uh, I think I'm going to press on with our time. Let me just share a couple of brief announcements and then we'll climb into our message. Uh, this is a month to pray for first responders. And if you've been watching the news, you know that that's especially timely. 
not only first responders, but also those that are angry and protesting and upset. Uh, we can even pray for those who are looting and doing uh, just all manner of stuff in response to um, this terrible, heartbreaking situation with George Floyd's death. So let's uh, this morning we want to pray for all of those involved. But and we're going to in a moment. But let's this month, especially uh, as we this is the last day of the month, but we continue to pray for our first responders and all those that are are doing all that they can to um, to keep the peace to. Um, keep us safe, to keep us healthy as medical personnel as well. And let's let's be sure that we're lifting them up. We have a Zoom meeting tonight at 7 p.m. I sent out an invitation earlier this week. I also sent out an, another invitation a few minutes ago. Uh, so please check your inbox. If you're hearing this right now and you haven't gotten that invitation, then please uh, call me or text me and I'll get that invita invitation to you. My number is 903-274-7484. 903-274-7484. Hopefully, hopefully there are no bots out there that are going to gather up my phone number and connect me to all manner of sales pitches. But if you need to connect to tonight's uh, meeting, then please reach out. One of the cool things that's going on tonight is we've got um, a, a brief uh, sort of membership, member meeting, but it's not exclusively from church family meeting might be a better way to put it. Uh, because if you're not a member, but have been walking with us and gathering with us and even virtually gathering with us and would like to join us tonight, you're totally welcome. Uh, so if you need that connection, reach out to me and I'll get that to you. But tonight we're going to have a brief update on what we're doing as a church and transitioning back in. Uh, we've got some updates as far as what's coming up in our schedule. And then also we um, are going to have a, uh, we're going to present a family for membership and two young adults for membership and we're baptizing two young adults. So, uh, and then also a young uh, man and a young uh, lady. So it's a, it's an exciting meeting and how that's going to play out on zoom. I don't know. I mean, we are, uh, we're trying to be very flexible in all the various things that are, are, are hitting us right now with, um, the virus and technology and all the things. So somebody said the other day that we're having to find a new normal. We're, I mean, I've used that phrase as well. And someone actually pointed out, it was really kind of cool. They said in some ways what we're going back to is an old normal where things were simpler and um, slower. Maybe you had kind of a different schedule. Things weren't as streamlined and as uh, expedient and uh, immediate as we've grown accustomed. And uh, so we don't expect that thing, that pace of life. And that can actually be really a cool thing where we slow down to kind of a three mile an hour pace. So uh, that meeting tonight is at 7 p.m. No luck? Okay. All right. Y'all are stuck with me. Uh, possibly later this week, we'll get that loaded up. Probably. It's loading. It's going to take like two hours. It's loading. And it's going to take like two hours. So if you gathered right now and uh, you want to press on, then you can, you're can. you welcome to stick with me. If you want to instead go with something um, that's what we what we experienced this morning at 9 a.m., then uh, John, just let me know that's probably a couple hours from now. So uh, it's really up to you. Uh, if you want to stick with us, then hang in there. The message will be the same. The thing you'll be missing out on with me will be our worship team. And um, Tracy Fields did announcements. And she did a really good job. So you're stuck with me if, if you stick with me. We good? Yeah. All right. Thank you, John. Um, there are some other things coming up right now. This is the last uh, day to register for VBS. So if you haven't registered for VBS, then then please do that. Uh, we could use your help with VBS supply pickup on Saturdays. You can reach out to Annie 
to figure out how to do that. June 14th, we're planning to be back in the worship center, all of us all at once. So or at least all who are able, recognizing people are going to be uh, re-entering at different paces with different considerations and different um, factors involved. Uh, it's going to be, uh, I would kind of uh, call it a kind of a migration back into corporate worship again. In these, this Sunday and next, we're working through the details of how we can do that well and do that carefully, uh, but wisely, carefully and wisely, but effectively, where we can truly connect to one another and, and connect to um, our Lord in, in corporate worship. There's a ladies virtual Bible study that's called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way that's been going on the last couple of Thursdays. If you would like to connect to that, then please just reach out to, uh, you can call the church office and ask, uh, speak with Aaron Adele, or um, there's probably, I think, some emails and Instagrams and Facebook posts that are going on, going out about that. So I invite you to connect to that if you're, if you would like to. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we are so thankful for these few minutes that we have together in worship and thankful for these uh, families and life groups uh, and folks that are gathering in their homes this morning. We're thankful that that you have built a people and that you are equipping a people, that you are giving us an aroma that is um, the aroma of life to some and even acknowledging the aroma of death to others. Lord, Thankful that you are giving us a presence here in our community that gives us an opportunity to be salty and bright. Lord, we pray that you would work that in us. As these families are gathering and young and young adults maybe and folks are gathering in homes uh, and life groups are gathering, Lord, we pray in these few minutes that we'll be equipped together. Lord, too, we want to lift up our world this morning um, uh, as we are continuing to recover from this period of the coronavirus. We pray for folks that are dealing with loss and dealing with uh, sickness and dealing with uh, job loss and, and all manner of difficulty that our world has been, uh, has encountered. Lord, we pray that you would be uh, experienced really more than anything. We pray that folks would, would in, in these uh, moments where we are experiencing these extreme deficits and losses, that we would look to you and find, uh, knowing that we would find sufficient uh, blessing and we would find Maybe not answers to our immediate questions, but we would find a father who's good and a father who knows and a father who's available for us. And uh, Lord, we pray, too, that um, you would uh, just calm our country as uh, we are reeling from uh, this uh, terrible uh, loss of this man um, in Minneapolis. Lord, we pray for Minneapolis. We pray for the other cities that are experiencing uh, protesting, uh, protests that are in some ways uh, harmful. Lord, we pray for the angry. Lord, we pray that those that f- folks that are really struggling with what happened to the point of wanting to loot or injure, Lord, we pray that you would calm um, angers. And uh, Lord, we pray for those who are um, in all aspects of that whole situation, uh, for the current police that are trying to figure out how to move on, for even the men who've been charged with uh, murder, uh, Lord, that you would somehow be glorified in this tragic loss. Uh, we pray for uh, George's family. Um, Lord, we pray for um, folks that are angry. Just pray that you would bring some sort of healing, that the people of God would be um, a, a clarion voice right now, that we would point toward Christ, uh, that we would make much of Christ in this season as we work at hearing one another and work at loving one another. 
Lord, we, um, we need you. And this is a prime time. Just the, seeing the news this morning in all the different places and all that's happened just even last night in our country. Uh, we really need you. Lord, I also want to pray for Chris Yost and his wife, uh, Melissa. Lord, we are thankful for the chance to lift up Chris and Wesley United Methodist. And we're thankful for the ministry of Wesley United Methodist, thankful for the, the blessing that they are to this community. Lord, that uh, even just yesterday as they were hosting um, the Seeds Ministry event, Lord, we are thankful for um, the um, outward focus that this church seems to have. That, uh, Lord, we pray that you would use those events and use those, those ministries that they're part of, that the large part of their church family that populated the um, volunteer crew yesterday. I'm thankful to see Chris out there, and vocal and up front. Lord, we are, are blessed to serve alongside Chris and Melissa and Wesley United Methodist. Pray that you'd bless them, Lord. Lord, we also want to pray for the Kazakh people this morning, a people that are dear to us as a church family. Many of us have uh, even know some of the Kazakh people through our, our time in ministry over the years, uh, through some missionary families. Lord, we are thankful for the opportunity to lift up this people group this morning, a people group of 12 million people, 0.1% of which are Christian, Lord, we just pray that you would draw them unto you. Uh, Lord, we are um, just asking you to send workers for those workers who are already there, that you would give them courage and clarity, that you give them wisdom in how they move among that uh, people group, and that you would draw people to your name. Lord, we are entrusting this people group to you and asking you to be great among them. Lord, we're praying these things this morning in Christ's precious name. Amen. If you would stand for the reading of God's word, we're in Matthew chapter 6 this morning. This is the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, the Lord has been teaching us to pray. And uh, this passage that we are in is Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Or speak to us through this beautiful, simple prayer. Equip us to pray. Teach us to bring the right things and to be burdened for the right things as we talk to our Heavenly Father. We are praying these things in Christ's name. Amen. This morning we are in the second of six or seven petitions, depending on how you number them. Uh, this one is the, the, it's just three big potent words, your kingdom come. As I think about some things that are really potent, I think about stuff like the high octane gas that I don't know who buys or why. If you buy high octane gas, Man, I'd love to know why you why you do that. I, maybe you get some better gas mileage. I don't know why people have the money to buy a high octane gas, but it is kind of cool knowing that it's out there. It's nice to know there's maximum strength medicine out there. And I don't know in that case why anybody wouldn't want maximum strength medicine. I don't know why anybody wouldn't want a really strong relief to a headache and, and why somebody would just pass on on the maximum strength. It's good to know too, that there's extra spicy sauce, even though you may not like it. It's good to know there's some options out there and we all know there's some extra spicy sauces out there. There's some extra crunchy peanut butter, which in my opinion is the only 
peanut butter in the world. I don't know what the rest of that stuff is, but if it's not extra crunchy, I don't know what it is. When I have those thoughts about these three words we're going to spend the, our time in, I think about those things that high octane, high potency, maximum strength, extra crunchy is the thoughts that come to mind when I think about these three words, your kingdom come. It's a request that is profoundly important and potent. I thought this morning it would be good for us to do kind of a little kingdom survey. There are 116 references to kingdom in our gospels. The gospel, our, our Bibles talk about kingdom cover to cover. But in the gospels, there's this high concentration of this kingdom language. 116 times it's mentioned in the gospels. 52 of those times it's mentioned in Matthew. So almost half of the references to kingdom are within the book of Matthew. You see them as uh, sometimes kingdom of heaven usually, but then other times kingdom of God. Those are used interchangeably, kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God. Matthew's an especially cool book when it comes to understanding the kingdom. In Matthew 13, there's an entire chapter that's dedicated to parables and stories revealing the nature of the kingdom. Kingdom saturates our Gospels. Kingdom language is all over our Gospels. It's in every, every narrative. It's in every teaching. And here, as Jesus is teaching us to pray, it's the second petition. Your kingdom come. It saturates the Gospels, yet I'm struggling with this thought. And what has really led to this sermon is the thought, do we really even know what we're asking for? Do we really even understand what we're asking for? Thank you, John. When we ask, your kingdom come. I thought maybe the metaphors to the kingdom, just in the book of Matthew, might help us. Here are some of the metaphors to the kingdom, and they're really, really interesting. Listen to some of these. Most of them are in Matthew 13, that kingdom chapter. But these metaphors, here's the first one. A man sowed good seed in his field. The kingdom is like a man who sowed good seed in his, in his field. Hmm. The kingdom is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. Those sound similar, but they're different. The kingdom is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is like, like leaven, a woman hid in three measures of flour. Weird. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value sold all that he had and bought that one special pearl. The kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. The kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out new treasure and old. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wishes to settle accounts with his servants. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited. And here's the most illuminating one. The kingdom of heaven is like 10 virgins who took their lamps to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five were wise, five brought enough fuel for the trip. Five of them didn't. 
I don't know about you, but those metaphors are not helpful for me at all. Now, the beauty is in the coming weeks and months, probably years, we'll unpack those stories and those metaphors, most of them, almost if not all of them, parables. So we have those treasures in store that we will excavate in the future. But I bring those up to sort of illuminate the fact that this kingdom thing is a mystery. This kingdom thing is not easy to make sense of. As we ask in prayer, those three simple high octane words, your kingdom come. Man, I don't want to assume anything. I don't want to assume that we even know what we're asking for. As I'm studying and I'm realizing, I, I need to know what I'm asking for here when I say your kingdom come. There's a passage in Matthew 13 that gives some sense of what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 13, that chapter that's just thick with parables on the kingdom. It says, to you it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. And this kingdom that we're talking about, this kingdom that we're begging for, that we're asking for in prayer is elusive. And it's embedded within secrets. It's not easy to understand. We can't assume that we understand or know what we're even asking for. It's obscure. Man, and not all can even see it. So it makes sense for us to stop down and take some time and figure out what are we even asking for when we ask the second petition of this six or seven, your kingdom come. Now, one of the things I'm going to do in these next few minutes is I'm going to address this request like we were there on that hillside 2,000 years ago. Okay, we're separated by space and time. Chronology, that's a biggie. We're separated by culture and clothing, language. We don't speak the same language. We're separated in, in a lot of massive ways, but what we have in common with them is that we're followers of Christ. And what he's teaching them He's teaching us through this living word and this living message. We are just as much followers of Christ as they were. They were. So in some ways, it's almost like we're having a debrief right after his sermon. Like we've pulled off to the side, Crosspoint Fellowship, and we're looking at each other. Saying, what did he mean when he's teaching us to ask your, to request your kingdom come? So I'm going to be speaking about this in many ways, like it's present tense. Like we're right there on that hillside. I'm trying to make sense of what Jesus is teaching here. So let's first of all deal with the fact that this is a request. It is a petition. It's not a statement. He's not saying, ah, Father, this prayer, I want to pray, and I want to start my prayer by saying, your name is holy, and your, your kingdom is coming. That's not what, the, neither of those are statements. Both of them are requests. Hallow your name. And the second one is, your kingdom, come bring your kingdom, send your kingdom, deliver your kingdom. You're the God behind the action. The verbs are yours. That verb come is yours. Something else that's kind of cool as we really look into the, the passage in the original language, that word come is imperative. It's like as we cry out or we pray to the Father, we're crying out, your kingdom come, please. Send your kingdom, deliver your kingdom, bring your kingdom, please. We need it. 
Now, if you're familiar with the Gospels, if you've read these, these kingdom-saturated Gospels before, you may be thinking at this point, why do we need to ask this? Why do we need to ask for his kingdom to come? Because hasn't his kingdom already come? And in some ways, if you're thinking that, you'd actually be right. In some ways, it already has come. When John the Baptist was preaching in Matthew chapter 3, he said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. His message, the content is repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'm here to make straight the way of the Lord. And guess what? He's here. It is at hand. So yet yeah, we're asking for it. Jesus also said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The next chapter his message was populated as he moved to Galilee of the nations, this dark place where the light breaks in first. His messages begin with this notion, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here right now. Whenever he sent out the disciples later on in chapter 10, verse seven, the message that he gave his disciples to share as they went out into Galilee. As he says, proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So why are we asking for it? I mean, right? Why, why are we asking for him to send it and bring it and deliver it if it's already at hand? Let's establish first that it is at hand. Here's my favorite passage because it makes me think of a funny story from years ago when Luke was little. Matthew chapter 12, uh, he has healed a man that was demon oppressed. He's cast out the demons of man's blame and mute. And they've accused him of being in cahoots with Satan, that he must be in cahoots with Beelzebul, is what they said, what they accused him of, the prince of demons. And that's the passage where he speaks to a kingdom divided against itself will fall. What are you thinking about? What are you talking about? But he says this in verse 28, he says, if it is by the spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. It has come upon you. When Luke was little, I bet he was three or four years old. Uh, he was upstairs in our house. And all right, let me just tell you, we call pest control if we have pests. We don't have a lot of pests. We have concrete floors, um, which have done wonders for that. Um, we we have pest control doing proactive stuff. So I don't want you to hear this story and think we got roaches running around in dune buggies. You know, that's not going on in our house. So, but anyway, Luke is upstairs. He's three or four years old. And Luke walks up to me and he's holding something in his hand, his tiny little hand. And he's got in his hand what looks like a, a millipede. Like this sucker had claws and jaws and like a thousand feet or a hundred feet, a centipede or a millipede, one of the two. He looked like something you'd buy at the pet store that you would leave in an aquarium and never touch. And he's holding this thing in the palm of his hand. And I'm sort of creeped out by the, not sort of, I was absolutely creeped out. I don't like insects. Bill Ruth in, in his, one of his previous lives was an entomologist. So I know he loves, not an entomologist, an entomologist. And I'm convinced he's a CIA agent as well. But in one of his previous lives before all the other things that he's done, that he was an entomologist. I don't know. That doesn't matter at all. Just, I think it's just interesting. But this, this, this bug, I saw, I'm not an entomologist. 
I saw this bug and I freaked out. I, I, I went, <gasps> that immediate response where you see something and you don't want to overreact, but you can't help it. <gasps> because I couldn't believe he's holding this thing because I'm afraid it's going to kill him. And Luke responded and he threw his hand up like that. And this bug, this centipede or millipede or whatever it was, it disappeared. We never found it. We never found it live or dead. We never found a carcass. We never find teeth, hair, and eyes. We never found any of it. This response, like the thing incinerated it. It just completely disappeared. And one of the things I was thinking about is I'm thinking about where Jesus in this moment where he's cast out these demons of this deaf and blind uh, guy. It's almost frightening. And Jesus says, man, the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. It's come upon you like this thing you got. Just, just scares you almost. It's so awesome. Jesus says, for sure, the kingdom is at hand. I'm here and the spirit's working through me and I'm healing people of blindness and deafness and all manner of things. Kingdom of heaven is very much come upon you. There's an already aspect to our kingdom. Absolutely. As we consider how he's teaching us to pray and we're asking your kingdom come, we've got to start by acknowledging it already has come. It broke in when Jesus showed up. That's what John the Baptist proclaimed. It's at hand. That's what Jesus proclaimed. It's at hand. That's what his disciples proclaimed. It's at hand. And that's where he said, it's come upon you. It's right here, right now. But yet we're supposed to ask for it to break in more. We're supposed to ask for it to come. We're asking for him to deliver it. There's a future aspect to the kingdom that's throughout the gospels as well. In chapter 16, he speaks of his future return and the end, the consummation of the kingdom. In chapter 25, he speaks of future judgment that will bring this whole thing full circle as the sheep and the goats are judged. In chapter 26, he speaks of a future supper where this uh, consummation of the marriage supper of the lamb and this ushering in of the kingdom fully in the sense is that in regards to the kingdom, the nature is there's an already aspect and there's a not yet. And our prayers, when we're praying your kingdom come, we are asking him to break in the rest of it, to bring in some more already to the not yet, to all those spaces and places where his kingdom is not yet to usher those things in. The nature of the kingdom, though, at this point is it's already and not yet. It's broken in at the first advent of Christ and it is breaking in. It's here and yet it's coming and it's growing and it's ever advancing like leaven advances through flour. Talk about the nature of it, but we really still hadn't talked about what it really is. We haven't really talked yet about what we're asking for when we ask your kingdom come. We can kind of have a sense that we recognize there's an already to it and a not yet, that our prayer is what ushers in the not yet and makes it the already, but we haven't really dealt with what we're asking for. 
So I'd like to just kind of give you a little survey. It's going to be familiar, most of this from Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. A little survey of one aspect of the kingdom that sheds some light on what we should be asking for, what we are asking for when we ask and cry out to our Father. Your kingdom come. Here's the first passage in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. It is the first words of his Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The poor in spirit we considered months ago as we considered this passage for the first time. The poor in spirit are those who deal with the collision of the reality that in your lives there's a distinct and profound difference between the already and the not yet. The kingdom that has broken into your life as a follower of Christ is profound. Yet in your lives, you see profound, not yet. And there's a poverty of spirit that comes from being needy and from being broken and from dealing with your frailties and dealing with your weaknesses and dealing with how you disappoint and fail your good father. There's a poverty of spirit that comes from realizing that what's presented in this Sermon on the Mount of how a followers of Christ should live is profoundly different from how it plays out in our lives. Sadly different. And that difference doesn't leave us disinterested, doesn't leave us lazy. It should leave us, of all things, poor in spirit or calling out to him broken or realizing this kingdom has very much to do with how we live, how we love, how we treat our neighbor, how we treat one another. What goes on up here? What goes in, on in here that people never know about? That those things come into alignment with his reign and his rule. That's where poverty or spirit comes from. It's, it's, it's poetic that he starts the Sermon on the Mount with pointing out that the kingdom is for the poor in spirit. Those who are broken, heartbroken over the disconnect between the already and the not yet in our own lives. And that can actually fuel some beautiful prayer. Saying, Lord, your kingdom come right here, right now. There's another passage in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That connects to, to the thought of those who thirst and hunger for righteousness. Folks who are living or pursuing righteousness, that those folks are going to experience this disconnect between the already and not yet. Those folks are going to experience the hunger and the thirst, the absence of the kingdom in those moments. And that that will fuel and compel you to pray, your kingdom come, Father. In this moment and this circumstance, it's absolutely unrighteous. Or this moment or this circumstance where I'm persecuted for righteousness sake. Lord, your kingdom come. And how I live and move, Lord, show up here. Break in here. There's another passage to look at. Verse 19 of Matthew chapter 5. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them 
and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so this part, this language, we're still talking kingdom here. And what's in association with the kingdom is this pursuit of doing and teaching. See, folks, we're not fact collectors. We're not collecting data on God. We're followers of Christ. And what should be a burden in us is that we want to actually do what he's saying here. Now, it makes for some profound poverty of spirit when you fail. But there's still a burden to do it. Lord, work in me that I will actually do what you're calling me to do. And not only that, cause me to teach it. All of it, part and parcel, every bit of it. To call my family, to call my friends, to call folks that don't know him, to follow him and to obey him. Lord, don't let me waffle in that. Please work that in me as I live and move and love in my daily life. Your kingdom come as a request that my life would look like I'm one of yours in the doing and in the teaching. The next passage is another one that's pointing in the same direction in terms of righteousness. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Exceeding righteousness is the pursuit. In how we live and move. You remember the conversation there, the, the scribes and Pharisees wanted to obey the law the letter of the law, but miss the spirit of the law. And that's why Jesus one time after another says, you've heard it said this, but I say this, let me speak to the heart behind that law. Let me speak to the spirit of that law. This is how that's supposed to affect you inside and out. And I think the burden here is we're praying your kingdom come, Lord, as we're praying, Lord, reconcile inside and out that we're doing and obeying and we're teaching and we're pursuing righteousness and, and we're actually playing out and moving in a way that's righteous because you're working this in us because you're reigning in us. Lord, please work that out. Later on in the Sermon on the Mount in chapter seven, beginning in verse 21, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven, who does the will of my father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. As we're praying as, we're, as this is populating our prayers, your kingdom come, what we're asking is, Lord, that we won't hear the words, I never knew you. That we won't hear the words, I never knew you because we weren't really truly following him. Lord, cause us to walk with you in a way that reflects a real relationship, inner and outer, not just the letter of the law, but the spirit and the heart of the law. Cause us to cling to Christ. Cause us to be reigned inside and out by you. That's the burden of this prayer. There are other ways that he deals with how you live in regards to the kingdom. Where he speaks of children. The humility of children. You must come to me like a child or you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. In chapters 18 and 19 of Matthew, we come to him needy. 
dependent, add those to poverty of spirit, needy, dependent and unfinished. Like a child comes to its parents knowing he or she, I don't know how to do this. I need you. That should condition that burden and that call your kingdom come. Your kingdom come is a cry for our father to bring and deliver and send his kingdom in us. Starting right here, right now in us. God work your kingdom in us. This is a, a definition for you of the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God that I think will travel. And I hope you'll think on this. It's the reign and the rule of God in the hearts of men. I use men in a human sense. Let's make it personal. The reign and rule of God in the hearts of men, women, and children. That's the kingdom of heaven. That's the kingdom of God. And that's how our prayer should be conditioned as we ask, Father, your kingdom come. Let it start right here. Personally. Let it start right here with the family gathered around me right now. Let it start right here with the life group gathered around me at this moment. Let it start right here with the people of God at cross point. Break in, break in and reign and rule among us. Rule in those places that are dark. Bring light to those places. Bring goodness to those places that are strained. Break in like leaven advance like leaven, like the mustard seed. It's one passage I'd like for you to turn to. It's really the last passage of the morning, but it's really a beauty. It's in Luke chapter 17. And I'll give you a moment to turn to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 20. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. Okay, let me give you a little insight into what the Pharisees were asking for and looking for. They were looking for something really spectacular when it came to the kingdom of heaven. They were looking for something really like light show, um, like really obvious, really profound skies parting, lightning, shazam. I mean, all kind of waterworks and light works. And I mean, we can get specific about what they're talking about, but they're expecting something spectacular. They're expecting the spectacular. So that's why they ask when the kingdom of God would come. And Jesus responded this way. He said, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. You're looking for a light show, you're looking for waterworks, looking for dancing girls, looking for Shazam, looking for uh, something spectacular, the clouds to part, uh, the skies to open, for God to speak from heaven. He said, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Listen to what he says. Nor will they say, look, here it is. It's finally here or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. The kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Now, if your Bible's like mine, that's red letters. He's speaking of himself. He's speaking of his followers. He's saying the kingdom of heaven is 
come upon you. It's here. I'm here. I've broken in. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I've come upon you. And the kingdom of heaven is also in these men and women, likely women followers as well, maybe even children that are surrounding me right now. The kingdom of heaven is broken in to your midst. And it wasn't spectacular. It was just breaking in in regular old people following Jesus. So when you pray your kingdom come, what you're praying is you're praying, Lord, please make this kingdom observable in and through me, in and through my family, in and through my life group, in and through my church, in and through the people of God in Greenville. Lord, please bring your kingdom here and just make it observable through regular old frail, feeble folks on Tuesdays. Yeah, just ordinary Tuesdays in our cubicles that we wouldn't be looking for something spectacular, that we would just be the people of God, that the kingdom would break in through us in our marriages, in our conversations, in our loves, in our passions, in, in our Snapchats, in all the things that we do, Lord, that please, Father, in those spaces, reign and rule. That's what we're asking. Reign and rule in those spaces, in those circumstances. We're praying, Father, your kingdom come. And we're crying for the kingdom to break in right here, right now. Just ask you to consider this morning, if you're looking for something spectacular, are you with the Pharisees looking to the skies, looking for the clouds to part, looking for something spectacular to happen? Are you looking in the mirror? If you're gathered with the people, are you looking around the room? The kingdom of God is in your midst. It's among us. And it should condition, knowing to our own deficiencies and frailties, it should condition us to beg him to bring some more. Break in some more. Reign and rule some more, not just in other people, but also in the ones you already have that are insides and our outsides would all be congruent and would reflect his holy name. Just like every sermon that we've preached in the last few months in regards to the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is himself the topic. He's teaching us to pray, but you can't separate him from the way in which God's kingdom breaks in. That's why he was able to say, it's come upon you. I'm right here. So he is who we have to be mindful of as we're praying, Lord, break in, break in your kingdom right here. Reign and rule in the hearts of men, women, and children. We have to ask that while we're looking to Christ because he's the only way, only way that the already becomes, or the, excuse me, that the not yet becomes the already. It's the only way that those areas and those circumstances and those spaces and those besetting sins or those dark thoughts or dark places become enlightened and become whole 
is in the person of Christ. So we have to look to Christ while we beg for God's or the Father's kingdom to come. Let's pray. God, I just cannot even imagine what you would do with the people that are praying this way. I cannot even imagine what you would do with the people that are begging you to break in, that are thanking you for where you have already broken in and are at hand, but are pining for spaces and places and circumstances where you have not yet broken in. Lord, what would you do with the people that are praying this way? Lord, teach us to pray, teach us to pray this way. Our Father, please bring and send and deliver your kingdom in and through us. Right there, in and through us. Ordinary vessels, clay and frail, shape us, Lord, mold us and fill us and pour us out so that your kingdom advances and so that you will be glorified. Create in us a burden for your name and a longing for your reign and rule in the hearts of men, women, and children. We are praying these things in Christ's precious name. Amen. The supper this morning is from Luke chapter 14. I'll give you a moment to get your supper together. And then you can listen or you can join me there in Luke chapter 14. It's a really cool passage. And it really connects well to our supper. So I'll give you a moment to grab your, your uh, elements there. Luke chapter 14, a little context. So you can listen while you're, while you're gathering your elements. We're not going to eat quite just yet. I've got a little kit that was provided for me earlier. So I've already had the supper once, but I'm going to have it twice today because y'all are, I'm with y'all. So hopefully I can get this thing open. This kit is pretty, is not my favorite. But it'll do. It's not how it tastes, is not the point. Okay, so Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse uh, 12. He'd been invited to a banquet by a Pharisee. And uh, he's at this banquet, likely with other Pharisees. So we know how the Pharisees are thinking. We know what the Pharisees are looking for. They're looking for the spectacular kingdom. And look, look what, what unfolds. Jesus tells uh, or gives some instruction at this banquet. He said to the man who had invited him, he said, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Okay, that's all just really context. But listen to what somebody says at this meal where Jesus is eating with them. Somebody, when one of those at those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. I say it like he's an actor and doing these acting because it just sounds kind of like an act. Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. I wish I could have had a visual to what Jesus did in that moment, but I just can't help but imagine what he's already said about himself and the kingdom breaking in and that being at hand and come upon him. 
I can't help but imagine he didn't look around and think to himself, man, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Man, you're eating bread in the kingdom of God because I'm here. You're eating bread in the kingdom of God right now. What's cool about us every week when we have the supper, we're eating bread in the kingdom of God right here, right now. Now we're begging for him to bring the rest of it home. Send it, deliver it, fulfill it. But we're enjoying a profound meal with a Lord who's already come upon us. So we can enjoy this bread fully, not as some future thing. It's going to be awesome someday, though it is. It's awesome and profound now. So let's take and eat and enjoy in faith. Let's take and drink in faith. Thank you so much for joining this morning. I am. Um, if you were here for part of this, and if you're here for part of this, then you probably won't hear this part. But maybe if you're hearing this part and you didn't hear the rest of it, and you'd like to hear what happened in our worship center at 9 a.m., I think that worship time with our worship team, with a small group of our folks, will be uploaded later today, possibly. Uh, we've run into some real technological uh, technology snags, and we're just doing the very best we can to be um, flexible and um, to keep the word in front of you and to keep... Uh, Keep moving forward. We're going to be back in the worship center next Sunday with, a, a, again, a smaller crew of folks working through the details, planning for our, our being together on June 14th. I sent out an invitation earlier today to join us tonight at 7 p.m. for a Zoom meeting. Uh, we're going to you're going to meet some our new members. You can hear some updates on what's going on in the future and what's going on in our schedule. And then we'll have some baptisms at the end. We have a couple of young adults that are going to be baptized and a couple of our young people, a young young man and a young young woman. So uh, at two different sites. So it's going to be um, interesting to see how that plays out on Zoom. Uh, we're hoping that it, it works out. We know that they're going to be just as baptized if the Zoom is a catastrophe. Then, then, then they won't. So, but I enjoy you to to I invite you to join us tonight. And again, if you didn't, if you haven't gotten that invitation, please call me today, and I'll make sure that I get that invitation to you. That Zoom meeting invitation at 903-274-7484. 903-274-7484. Let me close this in prayer. I just appreciate you guys. Thank you for joining me today. Let's pray. God, we are thankful for these few minutes that we've had together. I'm thankful for the brothers and sisters. They're so dear on the other side of this uh, live feed. Lord, I'm thankful for those brothers and sisters who will listen to this and connect to this later on this week. I'm thankful for the brothers and sisters that are behind the support crew for all that goes into this from week to week. Lord, you have blessed us so much with our family to walk together, our church family. And you have given us a wonderful Lord who has come up on us. What a marvel that we are part of this kingdom, Lord. Bring it some more. Bring it in. Break it in more through us. We beg for it. We ask for it. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Y'all have a wonderful rest of the day, and we'll see most of y'all tonight at 7 p.m. God bless y'all.